0: As the COVID-19 pandemic persists, not only is there an increasing toll on human lives and society, but it has also sparked fears of a global recession and created widespread supply chain disruptions, impacting businesses from multinational corporations to small local enterprises alike. Today, we explore how COVID-19 has exposed the vulnerabilities of a globalized supply chain, and we discuss the responsibilities that leaders have not only to respond to the current pandemic but to also prepare their organizations to recover and thrive after the crisis is over Welcome to Deloitte Voices My name is Dishraf and join us as we uncover the ways to thrive in volatile times On this episode, I'm joined by two incredible experts in supply chain I'd like to first welcome Wolfgang Lehmacher, a supply chain and technology strategist, a former head of supply chain and transport industries at the World Economic Forum, an experienced board member and author of over 10 books. Also joining us today, we have Terence Fu, Deloitte Southeast Asia's supply chain and network operations leader. Welcome Wolfgang and Terence. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Great being
1: here. Yeah, same here, thank you.
0: I believe we can all agree that these are unprecedented times. For example, whereas in the 2008 global financial crisis was stoked by the shut off of the supply of capital, disruptions on both the supply and demand side are actually the cause now in the current COVID 19 crisis. In your view, what has been the most unexpected or significant impact of COVID 19 on the supply chain and logistics sector? Wolfgang, maybe you can weigh in on this first? Of course. The most
2: surprising uh, thing for me was the fact that entire countries were suddenly shut down with half of the world's population on lockdown. Just imagine you have a few factories across Spain and Italy. You think you're safe, but COVID-19 taught us that this is not at all the case anymore. COVID-19 is a global crisis and it hits us wherever we may be whether in Chengdu or Chennai, Paris or Pittsburgh. So operating a diverse manufacturing network or moving factories from one country to another is hardly a risk mitigator in a global pandemic situation. So rather, communication and collaboration are in need. The current crisis calls for coordinated action across the supply chain corridors and between governments. And that is Probably another surprise that we haven't seen that much of this cooperation across borders.
0: And Terence, how about you?
1: Yeah, I agree with Ugan, right? So it's, it's definitely unprecedented times. And it is very unlike the previous crisis that we have, like you mentioned, whether it's 2008 financial meltdown or the 2011 Japan tsunami or even the US-China trade war, right? Basically, like what Ugan said, COVID-19 has broken the global supply chain both the supply side, whether it is in the transportation, hospitality industry, retail and food services, global oil trade, food supply chain, the list goes on, right? So it is definitely unprecedented and uh, it has really given us uh, a wake-up call of the supply chain risk and the type of collaboration that we need across countries and across industries, right? So to your question on the most significant, on the most unexpected, I do have two points of view. For the most significant, I think, it will definitely accelerate the decoupling of supply chain from China as the factory of the world. There is already a China plus one model out there. There's a China for China. But I think there needs to be a rethink of supply chain strategy. Uh, what Wugan said, having some factories outside of China or within China, you think you're safe, but you're not, right? So you have to rethink of how you can create a more resonant supply chain, being closer to demand, being able to balance between cost and speed, with also, you know, being able to balance the risk moving forward. And from an unexpected anger, I think COVID-19 is going to pivot us more towards digital technologies in supply chain. I mean, the technologies are, have always been there, right? It's just that the adoption has not been. I think COVID-19 is going to push us to this new or the next normal. I believe the clients will start to look at digital not just as an innovation, but actually digital is essential for survival moving forward.
0: Given the complexity of the pandemic, there is reason to believe that the recovery phase will require unprecedented levels of orchestration and coordination during a challenging and potentially prolonged recovery period. Considering learnings from China, as you've mentioned, who has pivoted into the recovery stage, what are some recommended actions leaders can take during this still turbulent recovery period to start positioning themselves for long-term success? Maybe we'll start with you first, Wolfgang. Having been in the industry for long, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Uh, I think that the bundle of actions leaders can consider is broad. We have also seen that public and private sector leaders have been brought to the test by this situation. Some of the measures are more general and some depend on the specific industry and country situation. Let's look what we are talking about when we talk about supply chains and logistics. Supply chains are material in motion, which is another way of saying cash in motion, as Tom Linton, the former chief procurement and supply chain officer for FLEX, phrases it. This makes supply chains the bloodlines of business and economy. So we are really going to the bottom here. Cash is needed during the entire to pay cycle for buying material, for producing, moving, and selling goods. If the cycle is disrupted, cash is just drying up, potentially causing a breakdown of an organization or a country. Furthermore, supply chains carry a lot of inventory. However, as the crisis continues and inventories make their way through the supply chain, channels risk to dry up as well, and companies might face the clear-to-build problem. That means that a product cannot be made because not all parts are available to complete the work order. Hyundai reported, for example, that the company temporarily stopped production lines at factories in South Korea due to a shortage of parts from China. So that is the complexity we are dealing with. Political leaders should support companies in their efforts to keep inventories moving. Politicians can raise their understanding by thinking in the context of supply chains, I think about thinking in a systemic way. Supply chain leaders know that they are only as good as their suppliers and that they depend on their customers. Today, manufacturers support their suppliers by extending payment terms, by providing loans, or by buying large quantities, which allows their partners to get financing against these commitments. I think that is a way of thinking politicians and governments can also adopt and see what they can do for their neighbors. The private sector leaders should focus on their business ecosystem, closely following what the governments and the relevant markets are doing. The different crises we have been going through, like the Koba earthquake in the 1995, the Asian financial crisis in 1997, the 9-11 attacks in 2001, the Fukushima tsunami, And the Thailand floods disasters in 2011 and the Great Recession in the late 2000s taught us the importance of supply chain visibility and knowledge. And everybody knows that I'm a big supporter of knowledge, of the need for data analytics around the various levels of the supply chain. So managers need to know what to observe, what to pay attention to. A supply chain breaks from down below and not from on top. A collapse is caused by disruptions deeply rooted in the system. So people need to know what is the importance of a specific raw material or chemical product. So for me, overall, keeping inventories moving and raising the understanding about risk should be the key focus of leaders
0: today. All right. Thanks, Wolfgang. And Terence, building on what Wolfgang just mentioned, do you have anything else to add?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree with Rukun that the recovery phase is going to be very complex. And like you mentioned, I mean, there's learnings from China is a best indication of we will be able to recover once the health crisis is under control. However, the impact will be different across differing by countries and the response from a government. And it's like you said, the recovery will be challenging and potentially over a projected period. It's not like a light switch where the supply chain can be turned on just like that. Right. So leaders needs to be well prepared. So uh, there's no proven playbook for such an unprecedented crisis. But what we believe in a typical crisis, it plays out over three timeframes. That's the response phase, the recovery and the strife. I think a lot of companies are in the midst of sorting out the response of what is the present situation and how to manage business continuity. They will have to start to think about the recovery of what they have learned uh, of their supply chain and how to emerge stronger. And finally, the strife to, to maybe we look at the whole supply chain strategy to reshape for the new, next normal. Right? So the priority of leaders uh, has been mainly on response. However, they, as, as leaders, we have the substantial and responsibility to limberly consider all the other two timeframes of recovery and strife. Right? So some of the things that I think leaders can consider for actions will be, uh, as they manage to have a crisis central command, they should lead to a recovery focused central orchestration across their supply chain. And to monitor signals for economic rebound, as each market is different. And last but not least, to strengthen their cross-functional and cross-enterprise collaboration in terms of risk management, business continuity, and, and of course, cash flow is very important. About the inventory, about how to restart and resynchronize their supply chain moving forward.
0: Although it may be difficult to balance with the current firefighting mode, it is essential for resilient leaders to embrace a long view. Looking ahead... What rebound indicators should leaders be looking for to help time the launch of their recovery efforts? Wolfgang, how do you think leaders should go about navigating this?
2: Information about country openings and local developments are key areas to watch. But most vital is that companies stay in close contact with stakeholders across the supply chain ecosystem. The continuous exchange helps to create collective intelligence such as deep understanding about governmental intentions, about the situation of critical suppliers, uh, about customer requirements, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. These conversations also yield inputs to the response and recovery plans. Due to the uncertainty about the duration of the current COVID-19 crisis, we should be learning to operate in times of pandemics how to keep borders open and factories running while protecting the people. The solutions require model and process re-engineering and the use of existing and new technologies, for instance, of computer vision to ensure physical distancing in factories. Governments should consider regular testing to isolate the infected and protect the other workers. Data, information, and analysis are key in a crisis but they remain without any value if no action is taken. Companies need to set up multiple communication channels that raise understanding and drive action. COVID-19 is prime time for corporate affairs. Whether merchandise is classified as essential or not can be influenced, as governments might lack specific information about the product or the potential impact on economy and society. CEOs and other executives should support the effort. They should also contact customers and suppliers to ensure alignment during response and recovery. Communication beyond the direct suppliers, the tier one suppliers is essential. CFOs should get involved to gauge the financial situation of business partners and discuss solutions where needed. The impact of COVID-19 outbreak calls for communication and collaboration to build intelligent and relations as means for survival and preparation for the future.
0: Right. Thanks, Wolfgang. And Terence, as I mentioned earlier, COVID-19 has significantly affected the demand side. So it's only fitting that we take a moment to focus on the consumer right now. In your opinion, how can logistic leaders work with different stakeholders to drive consumer trust and kick up demand?
1: Yep, it's definitely not easy to be a logistics or supply chain leader in these times, right? The good thing, like you say, is that there is going to be a need to reach out to different stakeholders, especially with the upstream in terms of sales, marketing, in terms of customers, to really understand what is the consumer demand moving forward, right? So I I think the bright side is that this is the time to really extend collaboration with all these stakeholders like never before. Some of the areas of collaboration could be prioritizing which is your most loyal and important customers to serve? Because you may have a situation of a limited supply. So it's important for us to know when we restart the supply chain, where is my supply, where's my inventory? How do I make sure my most loyal and important customers are being served as a priority? So it's one area of collaboration that you need to do. Another area is to really look at constant reforecasting of demand, to do demand sensing, to really understand what is, going to be a demand pattern is it going to be a v-shaped recovery is it going to be a u-shaped recovery or even l-shaped recovery what is the reality out there and doing a lot of simulation a lot of scale planning is important uh, like never before and then of course based on the demand it's important to try to influence the demand if possible through marketing through campaigns or through promotion or even through public corporate affairs with the government to ensure that your demand is matched with your ability to supply. You do not want a situation where if the demand picks up, you are not able to supply. So with that, it's important to start to discuss with the people in the trade, you know, what sort of priorities are there in terms of your product portfolio, what sort of spills you want to have. Uh, as the saying goes, you, know, you can have any color of port model as long as it's black. So we have to make sure that we have the right product, minimize the complexity in the supply chain to ensure that we have the right supply moving forward to meet the demand and lastly it's important to if possible look at the pricing of your product and also customer contracts because there needs to be a fair share of cost the whole cost of supply chain is for lack of a better word, out of whack because what the traditional way of transportation of storing everything is changed make sure that it's fair pricing and not viewed as price gorging and of course there could be technologies as what we said earlier that we can use uh, we are also helping some clients for example Uh, in Thailand to put in place the AI demand sensing to really understand what will be the impact to tyre manufacturing. I mean, with car sales being impacted, what would happen uh, with people being locked at home, with less driving, what happened? happen? These are some of the things that technology can help look at demand as well.
0: COVID-19 may just be the black swan event that finally emphasises how organisations and entire industries need to rethink and transform their global supply chain models. How then can leaders look to leverage technology that is within their organizations as well as across extended supply chain partners? Wolfgang, where do you stand on this? Technology is the core
2: component of a company's future supply chain. Navigating through a global supply chain without technology is like flying a plane without instruments. This works well on a clear and sunny day. It is unclear to me what the impact of the COVID-19 storm on supply chain thinking will be. However, I strongly believe that we will see much more black swan events going forward. They are a property of our modern times. Connectivity, visibility and intelligence are the table stakes of 21st century supply chain management. Advanced technologies such as artificial intelligence and natural language processing have made 24 seven supplier monitoring widely accessible and affordable. Pay-as-you-go, Internet of Things-based asset tracking and shipment monitoring solutions provide real-time visibility. Digital platforms are on the rise as they ease collaboration across large groups of stakeholders. More suppliers can be plucked, more customers can be served. COVID-19 is expected to further accelerate digitization with two opposite effects. On the one hand, the supply and demand network will be more and more globally connected. On the other hand, digitization will ultimately drive unlimited distribution of everything. The shopping malls are entering our homes in form of e-commerce. The cinemas do the same with Netflix. With the coronavirus outbreak, work is now following. Banks have gone digital. Expected to be next are doctors and schools. E-society and e-economy are unstoppable trends, and so is the e-supply chain. That's what is my vision. Business models turn digital. This requires digital supply chains. So this relentless march of digitization is what will be accelerated through this current crisis and needs to be supported by the governments. And I believe that the barriers we have seen put up by some governments will fall now because governments have understood that digital is the new way of doing
0: Now, I want to wrap up our discussion with this question to both our guests today. Can you share with us what supply chain innovations you're most excited about? Wolfgang, what gets you excited?
2: Uh, This is the hardest question for me because I'm excited about anything, any kind of uh, supply chain innovation. We have entered the era of connectivity within three to five years there will be a trillion connected devices. So many things will become connectable and intelligent. Our homes, our streets, public buildings, etc., etc. We will know the state of almost everything, and we will control much of our world remotely. That's hyper-exciting. And the massive data generated will push artificial intelligence, bringing more descriptive, predictive, and prescriptive analytics, I'm also deeply passionate about the circular supply chain, which requires lots of new knowledge and technology. This is the beginning of exponential digitization. COVID-19 will drive unprecedented change in the economy and in the supply system. But this crisis may also trigger some totally new societal and economic visions. And I would like to share one of these possible futures. I imagine a world where many of today's physical activities were moved to the digital space, where a large part of our work is about managing the digital interfaces with the tangible spheres, where permanent office work is a thing of the past, saving time and rent, where mobility is largely automated, reducing accidents and costs, raising the level of convenience where people are mostly engaging virtually, where hospitality, travel, tourism, sports and arts, and of course nature are providing spaces for digital human interaction and recreation, where we spare a large part of our physical resources by disentangling them from our digital doing, de-stressing the physical system. I'm conscious that digitization also consumes a lot of energy, something we need to work on. I'm speaking about the world of shared abundance and sustainability, about the transition to a digital-first system, as Nafrop Sadev, CEO of The Digital Economist, names it. Digitized and automated supply chains are central to this potential future. I'm conscious that it may sound a bit like fiction, but as we are just grasping the magnitude of the implications of the fourth industrial revolution, and as the consequences are unstoppable, we should, that's my opinion, also begin envisioning our future within the new context of technological development beyond our current boundaries.
0: Thanks, Wolfgang. And Terence, what keeps you up at night on the future of supply chain?
1: Yeah, well, first, let me just uh, touch a little bit on what we're going to say. I think what you said is a very interesting, very exciting vision, uh, which really besides us all in supply chain practice, right? And I think COVID-19 is in a way a reboot of the computer system for us to upgrade the system because a lot of times there's always been excuses excuse that, oh, don't fix what it's not broken. But clearly supply chain is broken and I think it's a good time for us to rethink and we imagine the future like what Ugan said. So what keeps me awake? I think that is not a lack of any supply chain innovation in terms of technology, in terms of ways of doing things. It's all fantastic, but I think it's adoption. I I always feel that what keeps me awake is really how do I help my clients to really convince their management to to invest in this uh, new way of doing things in supply chain. How do we even if they've got through the hurdle of getting that capital investment or their management approval? How do we drive adoption because it is human ways of doing things that a lot of times we're up against uh, that is impeding innovation in supply chain, right? So I think for me, what I really hope that can really move forward after COVID-19 is this adoption of a new digital way of doing things in the supply chain. I think all of us are very familiar with the score model that was made popular by Epics. Uh, it's developed in 1996 by TRTM and uh, a lot of people are using that, the buy, move, the make the deliver all, all the good stuff right but it's a very linear traditional way of doing supply chain and we in Deloitte has been working with ASCN which is uh, formerly APICS to work with the new way of doing supply chain which is the digital model for supply network. I think if we can accelerate the adoption of such a model and coupled with the adoption of technology innovation I think that will really make me sleep better every night yeah.
0: Well, it's been amazing hearing both of your perspectives on how businesses can respond and recover from the global supply chain disruption. I'd like to thank both our guests once again, Wolfgang and Terence for joining us today. And that's it for today's episode of Thriving in Volatile Times. If you want to comment on this podcast or the topics covered, you can send us an email. The address is podcast at deloitte.com. That's spelled S-E-A podcast at deloitte.com or head on to our website, Thriving in Volatile Times. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get the latest episodes. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher. I am Dishraff and until next time.